in his house from the book of Numbers Numbers chapter 7 <clears throat> Numbers chapter 7 and <clears throat> begin our reading with verse 1 These are the words that you find. <clears throat> and it came to pass on the day that Moses had fully set up the tabernacle and had anointed it, sanctified it, and all the instruments thereof, both the altar and all the vessels thereof, and had anointed them and sanctified them that the princes of Israel, heads of the house of their fathers, who were the princes of the tribes, and were over them that were numbered, offered. And they brought their offerings before the Lord, six covered wagons and twelve oxen, a wagon for two of the princes, and for each one an ox. And they brought them before the tabernacle. The Lord said unto Moses, the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take it of them, <clears throat> that they may be to do the service of the tabernacle of the congregation. And thou shalt give them to the Levites, to every man according to his service. And Moses took the wagons and the oxen and gave them to the Levites. Two wagons and four oxen he gave unto the sons of Gershon according to their service. And four wagons and eight oxen he gave unto the sons of Merari 
according to their service under the hand of Ithamar, the son of Aaron, the priest. But unto Kohath he gave none, because the service of the sanctuary belonging unto them was that they should bear upon their shoulders. Amen. But to the sons of Kohath he gave none. Because the service of the sanctuary belonged to them was that they should bear it upon their shoulders. I want to talk just for a few minutes this morning about unequal burdens. <clears throat> unequal burdens. Have you ever wondered why it is that some people seem to get all of the breaks in life? You know these folk, you know these folk. Folk who seem like everything just comes easy to them. They don't seem to work near as hard as you do, but somehow they tend to flourish in all that they do. On the other hand, on the other hand, you work hard. You work hard every day, sometimes more than on one job, but seem like in spite of all you do, you still find yourself struggling. You find yourself wondering, you begin to wonder, will it ever get any better? You find yourself wondering in life, will I ever get a break? When will it be my time to live large? When will it be my time to live like those around me? When will things turn and start working in my favor? All of us have been there. All of us have been there. If you'll be honest, we've all been there at one point or another. We've been there and we've done that. And most of the time, children of God, <clears throat> when we get there, when we start thinking like that, we can just write it off as it ain't nothing but the devil. The devil is always busy. The devil yeah, yeah, we, we, we write it off. The devil is using these tactics to discourage us, to make us doubt God's love and to make us doubt God's care. And most of the time, somehow we are able to press on and keep moving because we have a firm belief that God is in charge. We have a firm belief that God, not only is he in charge, that he and he alone is going to have the last word. We keep on pressing, we keep on pressing, because we believe down in our sanctified souls uh, that God is going to set the record straight. We believe way down in our souls that some way and somehow God is going to work it out. Somehow. But what happens when God moves in a way 
that it seems like even he is not being fair. Anybody ever been there? What happens when it seems like God is not being fair? You know, you sort of learn to expect mistreatment from the devil. You, you, you expect to be mistreated by him and his imps, but, but how do you handle it when it seems like God is the one who's not doing the right thing? After all, after all, after all, when everybody else has gone wrong, when everything else has gone wrong, the thing that helps us to endure is the fact that we expect God to do right. Are y'all hearing this? Abraham said it. Abraham said it to God one day. Abraham made a statement to God one day. God was getting ready to destroy two cities. And, and Abraham looked at God. He looked toward God and said, are you going to destroy the righteous with the wicked? God, that doesn't seem right. It doesn't look like, yeah, 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 you like, like you ought to destroy righteous folk with wicked folk, wicked folk. It looks like we ought to at least be able to count on you to do the right thing. But I come to tell you <clears throat> that God doesn't always deal in what's fair. Write that down. God doesn't always deal with what's fair. God deals in what's right. And then when he's dealing with what's right, he deals with what's right according to his plan for your life. And here it is. He and he alone knows his plan for your life. Even when God seems like he's been unfair, you can count on him to do what's right in accordance with his plan for you. And sometimes that puts us in a strange place. A place like the songwriter wrote. The songwriter wrote it like this. Here's the way the songwriter wrote it. The songwriter says, I, I try to do my best in service. I try to live the best I can, but even when I try to do the right thing, evil is pressing on every hand. I look up and I wonder why all good fortune seems to pass me by. God, that ain't fair. Another wrong songwriter said it like this. Tempted and tried, we're all made to wonder why it should be like that all the day long while there are others living about us who are never molested. Though they're in the wrong, God, it just doesn't seem fair. But as we look here at the text, we witness what seems to be a glaring example of God being unfair. We approach chapter 7 of Numbers, the tabernacle of God, God's tabernacle, the established house of worship. That tabernacle by now has been finished. We just finished our study of Numbers in the last month or last month or so. We finished our study in the book of Numbers and about the tabernacle and, and we talked about how many parts it had and how it was intricately designed. But we also learned that the tabernacle was built for travel. Tabernacle was sort of a, a prefabricated kind of a church. 
It was a bill. It was built so that you could take it down, and every time the people had to move, you had to take the tabernacle down and move it and put it back up again. So, since the people of God were on the move, the tabernacle was designed in such a way that whenever the cloud would move or whenever the pillar of fire would begin to move, they had to take down the tabernacle. They had to move it to the next location and then they had to put it back up again. The job of taking down the tabernacle, the job of moving the tabernacle and the job of putting the tabernacle back up when it was moved, it was the job of the Levites. The Levites. They were the priestly tribe. They were the tribe of priests. The law gave strict orders. The Levites and the Levites only were charged with the service of the tabernacle. Nobody, I hear me now, nobody except a Levite could touch the things of the tabernacle. You keep on reading, you'll see where a man by the name of Uzzah, he tried to help God out one time. They, yeah, they were the Levites were carrying the Ark of the Covenant and 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 and, and there was a jostling of a of a wagon and, and it almost fell and this man just trying to help out reached up and grabbed it and he died right there on, on the spot. It was the job of the Levites to handle the tabernacle stuff. This name Levite, this name Levites stems from the name Levi for who one of the 12 tribes was named. And so his descendants were called Levites. It was Levi's three sons. It was Levi's sons, Gashan, Merari, and Kohath, and their families who had the responsibility of everything that had to do with the tabernacle. It was them who put it up. It was him, them who would take it down. It was them who would haul it wherever it needed. Nobody but the Levites. So the tabernacle is finished. It's time for the dedication ceremony. And during that celebration, all of the heads of the tribes got together and presented a special gift to Moses. They wanted to help out. They gave a special gift to Moses and the gift that they brought to Moses was a gift of six wagons and 12 oxen. Six wagons and a team of oxen for every wagon. Are you seeing this? Now God spoke to Moses and told Moses, said to Moses, now Moses, they are offering that to you and I want you to accept that offering. Accept the offering yeah, and, and what I want you to do is since the Levites, they have the responsibility of moving the tabernacle, what I want you to do is I want you to give the gift to the Levites. Since they are the ones that have to haul all of this stuff. And that was nothing but fair. They're the ones that's got to haul the stuff. They're the ones that got to move the stuff. That was nothing but fair. They've got to do the work. So give them the tools to do the work with. But what wasn't fair, or what didn't look fair, was the way the gifts were distributed. 
since there were three sons, what would have been fair would have been to give each one, yeah, two wagons and, and, and six oxen or four oxen. Am I get my math right? That would have been fair. Give each one two wagons and four oxen. But when you read the story, According to the word of God, it wasn't done like that. It wasn't done what we would call fair. According to the word of God, four oxen he gave to the sons of Gershon. He gave them two wagons and he gave them four oxen. And then he gave four wagons and eight oxen to the sons of Merari, according to their service. But here is where I want to get to. But to the sons of Kohath, he gave none. Y'all seeing that? The sons of Kohath, he gave none. Why? Because the service of the sanctuary that belonged to them was that they should bear it upon their shoulders. To the sons of Kohath, he gave none. They had to bear their stuff on their shoulders. Are there any, any Kohath folk up in here? Seem like other folk got wagons and oxen and here you are having to carry your stuff on your shoulders. Are there any of Kohath's children up in here that feel like you're always left out? Seem like others have everything they need to work with and somewhere and somehow you're always left out, always having to talk when it seems like everybody else is getting all the breaks. But look at this, look at this. Gershon and Marari, they, they are moving along with their stuff on wagons. They are moving along, zippity doo zippity a. They are moving along with their wagons and their brother Kohath having to do the same thing they're doing. He's having to carry the same stuff. He's having to carry part of the tabernacle, and, but he's having to carry his on his shoulder. Are y'all seeing this? Go ahead and say it. Go ahead and say it. I know you're feeling it. It ain't fair. It just doesn't look right. Well, in my eyes and in your eyes it doesn't look fair but it is fair if it is the will and the way of God let me show you the lesson here let me show you the lesson here and we can go on and start getting dinner ready let me show you the lesson lesson one we learn that God does not load us all alike. That's lesson number one. 
God does not load us all alike. You need to learn right now to accept that fact. It will bring your blood pressure down. It will reduce your anxiety if you just accept the fact that God does not load us all alike. You see, we spend our time, we spend our time looking at everybody else's wagon. We spend our time looking at everybody else's wagon and we're getting madder and madder the more and, and we get more and more depressed because it looks like they got it better than we got it. But what you got to understand is that God does not load us all alike. Your life is a prescription. Your life is just like a prescription if yeah, 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 and that means you're, yeah, it's for you and for you only. Your life is prescribed in accordance with what God has for you and where God is trying to get you to. You want to make a mess? You want to make a mess out of yourself? You start trying to take somebody else's prescription. Are y'all hearing me? Stop worrying about what others have. Stop worrying about what others are doing. They got a different assignment than what you have. Concentrate on your own course. Only God knows the plans he has for you. That's why, that's why click mentality doesn't work in the church. See, in the church, you can't grab your friends and grab your cut buddies and say, let's go join this and let's get in that. No, everybody ain't going where you're going. Everybody doesn't have the assignment that you have. God does not load us all alike. What God has for me is for me. Maybe I don't have your load. Because if I had it, I would fall and faint under the pressure. Maybe you don't have my load because you wouldn't know what to do with it if you had it. You have to learn how to thank God for whatever he loads you with. No matter what your load, just know, first of all, whatever you're loaded with, here's some things that are going to encourage you here. Just know that whatever your load is, first of all, God knows how to load you. And the next thing, he knows what to load you with. Are y'all hearing me? Now, here's the one anybody want to shout. Here it is right here. He knows just how much. Are y'all hearing me? He knows just how much we can bear. The next thing is carrying your load on your shoulders. Yeah, when you're carrying your load on your shoulders, it ought to tell you something about strength. When you care, how strong do you have to be to carry on your shoulders what other folk have to carry in a wagon? Are y'all hearing me? If you stop complaining long enough, if you stop complaining long enough and come to realize that somehow yeah, in all of your struggles, God is gracing you to keep right on going. Are y'all hearing me? Oh, that's what the songwriter meant. Through many dangers, 
toils and snares, I have already, are y'all hearing me? It was heavy, but it was God's grace that has brought me safe thus far. Oh, it's heavy, but somehow God is giving you the strength to bear your heavy load. And you will also realize, you will also realize that because of the burden you are bearing, you're getting stronger. <laughs> are y'all hearing this? Carrying heavy stuff will help you build muscle. Carrying heavy stuff will make you stronger. And you'll find out that as you carry a heavy load, you're getting stronger every day. Don't you know that heavy burdens and trials come to make you strong? Stop letting other folk define you. Stop letting other folk define you. They don't know your story. Stop letting folk label you. Stop letting folk label us as lazy and slowful. Are you hearing me? We are not slowful. We are not lazy. We just had to come without oxen and without wagons. Oh, look at us. Look at us. Look at us. We've come through weary years, we've come through silent tears. We worked over 400 years and never got a paycheck. Left the fields with nothing, but look at where we are now. Started out with nothing, but look where God has brought us from. We're not lazy, we are overcomers. Y'all ain't hearing me. I say, we are not lazy. We are overcomers. We've come a long way, and we did it all without oxen, and we did it without wagons. But although we've come without oxen, and we've come without wagons, we've got to admit that we had something. Y'all ain't hearing me. Although we didn't have oxen, we didn't have wagons, we got to admit that we had something on the inside. We had something within. Somebody said it like this. I got something within that holds the reins. Got something within that banishes pain. I've got something within that I just can't explain. All I know is that it's something Within, really can't name it, but whatever it is, it makes me love my enemies. And it makes me love my friends. It makes me laugh when I feel like crying. It makes me feel rich when I ain't got a dime. I've got something on the inside that makes folks say I'm acting strange. Something on the inside that makes me love to call God's name. Are y'all hearing me? I'm ending now, but there's one more line in the text that I need to bring out. And that's the line that says, verse 9, it says uh, that the service of the sanctuary belonging to them was of such that they should bear it upon their shoulders. 
here it is right here, here it is right here. The stuff that they were carrying was too precious to be thrown on a wagon. Y'all ain't hearing me. Oh, my brothers and my sisters, we need to understand that the message that we carry is too precious to be handled just any kind of way. We need to understand that the message that you and I are entrusted with is valuable and is too valuable to be thrown, jostled around on a wagon. Whether you realize it or not, the stuff that we are carrying, we are carrying a message that will set, yes, the captives free. We are carrying a message uh, that will heal uh, a sin-sick soul. We are carrying a message uh, that will change a man's whole life. We have a message uh, that will save sinners, uh, reclaim backsliders. A message uh, that will encourage believers. Yeah, we are carrying a message uh, of one who suffered, uh, who bled and died uh, to give us all uh, a right uh, to the tree of life. Uh, he died. Uh, but he ain't dead because he conquered sin and he conquered death and then he conquered the grave and then he got up saying all power is in my hand yes yes we had to bear our load but here it is right here we've come a long way we've come a long way Bearing our burdens uh, in the heat of the day, uh, knowing that the Lord uh, will make a way. Uh, we've come a long way, uh, we've come a long way, uh, had to come uh, through hard trials, uh, but we come uh, a long way, uh, had to come. Uh, through hard trials, uh, but we've come uh, a long way, uh, bearing our burdens uh, in the heat of the day, uh, knowing uh, that the Lord uh, will make a way. Uh, oh, yeah, we've come uh, a long way. Yeah, we've come a long way, and we've come without oxen and we've come without wagons seemed like a terrible test but we took it and turned it into testimony with God's help with God's help he has strengthened us and we are overcomers we've overcome trial we've overcome tribulation we've overcome what seemed like it wasn't fair but only God, only God gives us the victory. And today, wherever you are, wherever you find yourself, I pray that this word has lifted up your head. You thought that God forgot about you. You thought that he was blessing everybody around you and that 
you will know where on his mind. I come to tell you that God knows exactly where you are. And even now, he's strengthening you for this journey. I also need to tell you that you need a savior. You can't make this journey by yourself. You need to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life. Oh yes, he'll take care of you, but you've got to own him. You need to own him as your Savior. The Word of God teaches us that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So wherever you are today, wherever you are, no matter what room you're in, your house, you're in church today. You're connected to the body of Christ. And wherever you are right now, you can yield to him. You can say, that's the truth. I heard you today. And today I want to give my life to Jesus. And if that's your decision right now, if that's what you're deciding right now, you need to pick up the phone and you need to call this office. You need to call. You make, make contact. Let them know that today I accept Jesus as Lord and Savior of my life. Today, I want to turn my life around. Maybe you're already saved. And this period of being away from everybody has let you know that you need to be close to the Savior you need to pick up a phone and you need to call, make contact with our church office. You'll get, you'll get some numbers here in a moment. Call and express a desire. Let them know that this is what I want to do today. I want to be a part of this church family. I want to be a part of the family of God. And if not this family, just, just accept Jesus Christ. We'll find you a family where you can serve. So right now, right now is decision time. And I'm praying that right now the Spirit of God is working with you right now to make that vital decision, a decision between life and death. Let us pray, God. We come right now. Now prayer right now, dear God, is that your ever-reaching power, your far-reaching power, is reaching now beyond this sanctuary and that, that somebody in the sound of my voice right now dear God is making a decision someone has heard something today that's going to turn their lives around thank you dear Lord, Lord for your word thank you dear Lord for how you have spoken to our hearts and right now dear God I pray that they will find the courage to turn life around, that today they will give their lives to you. I thank you, dear God, for what you've done. Thank you, dear God, for how you changed lives, how you changed my life. And thank you, dear God, that you're still in the business of saving souls. And everything you do, we give you all the praise, all the glory, all of the honor for it. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Jesus, keep me near the cross. There, a precious fountain. And it's free to all. A healing stream. Come now. Jesus.
his holy his holy name we thank God for his word we thank him for his precious Holy Spirit we thank him for the effect that his word has on our everyday everyday living we're grateful today for God allowing us to see the beginning of another month a brand new month we ought to thank God for that Amen, amen. We thank God that we're beginning to see a brighter day, a brighter day ahead, and that's the beauty of being saved. We can always see a brighter day ahead. No matter how dark it gets, no matter what's going on, somehow the children of God always see a bright side somewhere. So we just thank God for what he is doing in making things better. My prayer is that very soon we're all going to be able to begin to come back together, be able to come and join together in our worship experience. Let me announce for the month our, our children and our child of the month and our youth of the month, and we thank God for, for these uh, awards that we have the opportunity to give. We thank God that we have young people who stand and who continue to to work 
and show themselves approved that we might just honor their work and their example. Uh, for the month, uh, the youth of the month, and this is for the month of April. For the month of April, our youth for the month of April is Langston Wilcox. Amen. Y'all thank God for cool Langston. Amen. We thank him for his way and his quiet way, but he's cool and quiet. And we thank God for him and we thank God for his wonderful example. Langston has a way of setting an example without saying anything. And that's the best kind of example when somebody can be an example without telling you <laughs> that I'm setting an example. And that means you walk it. And we thank God for Langston. Our child of the month for the month of April is Gabriel. Gabriel, bless it. Gabriel, I'll bless the Lord for Gabriel. Amen, amen. We just thank you so much, Gabriel, for your example. We thank you, dear God, for just being around us, being where we are. We thank God for how you just continue to show us the way. Just a smile on your face somehow brightens our day. And we just thank God and pray that you just keep doing what you, what you are doing. Uh, let us also, let us keep in prayer. Uh, Brother Lewis Schenkel, I understand that Brother Schenkel had a sister to go home to be with the Lord. So I want all of us just to be in prayer uh, with Brother Schenkel, Reverend Schenkel, and the entire family uh, as they go through this period of bereavement. Let me thank all of you for your prayers and for your support this week uh, as we funeralize our, our niece. Uh, it was... Uh, it was a tough move. Our family hasn't hasn't seen that young generation. That's just seemed like something is out of order. When when those who are younger uh, began to be called home, but I thank you for your prayers, and it's through your prayers that we have been able to continue to go, knowing that God is still in charge, and He knows exactly what he is doing. May God bless you and God keep you to those who are here with us, who have served. Thank you so much, those who have come just to share this morning. And as I say to you all, all the time, it's, very, it's just a handful, but I thank God for you. Amen. I'm getting used to a handful. Amen. It's just good to have a handful, but I can't wait until the rest of y'all come on back up in here. Amen, amen. I just can't wait until others, we all can just be back together again. To those who make everything happen, God bless you. Thank you so much. God bless you and keep you. God be with you till we meet again.
may the grace of God, the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit, rest, rule, and abide with us now, henceforth, and forevermore. Let us all say to submit your tithe and offering online at www.thechurchwithzeal.org slash give on cash app at dollar sign the church with zeal via the givelify app by mail to salem missionary baptist church p.o box 817 lilburn georgia 30048 or in person at the church office on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. It's not necessary to wait until Sunday to give. Online, Givelify, Cash App, or mail-in contributions may be submitted on any day of the week. Thank you for your continued support of the ministry at Salem Missionary Baptist Church.